What's up, guys, and welcome back to episode 11 of the Mars Hill Sports Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Jones. Hope you had an amazing Christmas break. I had an awesome one. Got my wisdom teeth out. Got to ski for the first time in three years since I had, uh, I was recovering from an ACL surgery. Had to get... I had torn my ACL playing soccer a couple years back, so finally got back on the hill that was awesome and yeah watched a lot of sports (laughs) so for today's episode we have Kyle Baker coming in we talked a little bit of NFL it was actually all about the NFL really so um playoffs will be starting this Saturday as we have our wild card games coming up here so make sure you tune in for that we will also have timestamps down below where you can see where the Spartans wrap-up starts. We have some show notes down there. They will have links to certain websites uh, that we make reference to or uh, certain stats, certain players. So make sure you look out for that. If you would like to be a guest on the show or you would like to write for Mars Hill, please contact me or email Mars Hill. Find me on campus. Uh, I am always looking for uh, new faces to write for uh, the sports section as well as people to come on the podcast. So without any further introduction, we're going to get right into our this week, I guess, kind of month in sports. So NFL coaching has undergone a lot of change as expected due to the end of the season for certain organizations so we're going to start with the Washington Redskins they have recently hired Ron Rivera after they fired Jay Gruden in October so Rivera was the former coach of the Carolina Panthers was fired in early December due to the five and seven start the team had got off to I think this is an amazing hire by Washington I believe Rivera has two coach of the year awards so very good hire by Washington Moving on, Freddie Kitchens has been officially let go as the former coach of the Cleveland Browns. They struggled, going 6-10 throughout his only year with the organization. Browns also parted way with general manager John Dorsey. After only two years in the front office, Dorsey was let go as him and the Browns' ownership could not come to an official agreement regarding the team's future. Pat Shermer was fired from the New York Giants after two years as head coach. He went at a very abysmal 9-23 and 23 over two years with the Giants. That program is certainly rebuilding. For the World Jun- IIHF World Juniors Hockey Championship, here we got. After nearly injuring himself in a risky fall, Alexis Lafreniere, the 18-year-old sensation, came back with a goal and assist in Canada's 6-1 quarterfinal route over Slovakia. So... Canada has now improved to 4-1 on the tournament. Lastly, and certainly not least, former NBA commissioner David Stern passed away at the age of 77 this past week. He had been in critical condition for the entire month of December after summering a brain hemorrhage. Stern was a league commissioner for 30 years, the longest to ever hold the position. By increasing basketball's revenue and overall popularity, he has been recognized as something of a a cornerstone for basketball's current success. Um, Stern has been praised by many former and current NBA stars throughout this saddening turn of events. So, rest in peace, David Stern, and thank you for all that you have done for the game of basketball. Growing up as a, a huge NBA fan, I was always I was always willing to see growth, and I was always able to see growth in basketball. And David Stern is arguably the biggest reason for that, as he was able to expand the game of basketball beyond the United States of America. So, David Stern, thank you for all that you have done. Well. On that note, we're going to be moving on to our interview and our picks for the wildcard matchups in the NFL 
this upcoming Saturday and Sunday. We got the AFC games on Saturday and the NFC games on Sunday. Make sure you tune in for those. I will be dedicating those two days to watching football. So, yeah, without any further ado, let's uh, get right on to that interview. Hello, everyone. We are joined today by Kyle Baker. Time for some NFL wildcard previews. We had a good week 17. Kyle, how are we doing? I'm uh, doing great. I'm excited to be back. We, like you said, week 17 was great. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the last week of the regular season, especially with all the games being on Sunday. It's kind of this massive cluster of games, and you get to see them all in one day. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed it a lot. We had a lot of games that were, that were meaningful, which was nice, but I'm excited for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Week 17 is always so, like, <laughs> it's such a weird, like, feeling, like, like like the return of RG3. It's like Lamar Jackson is going to win MVP. He's not even playing, right? And, like, right. against the Steelers team that's fighting for something, and RG3 pulls out this awesome victory, 28-10 victory, over uh, a Steelers team that was not only fighting for something but isn't a team to... Any Mike Tomlin team these days isn't really anyone to scoff at, right? So, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah there's, there's always a few funny, funny teams like that on in Week 17. Oh, 100%. Um, there's always a few teams that you think you know shouldn't win that end up winning, a few teams uh, the other way. So it is it is a fun week, even though you know the vast, I think more than half the games were were completely meaningless. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of teams that you kind of you you kind of mentioned teams that like shouldn't win but they end up winning i think we all know the dolphins feel good end to the season was arguably the biggest storyline of week 17 the patriots dropping out of that wild card uh, i mean sorry that bye week opportunity what do you make of that that was kind of a that was kind of a weird one hey yeah that was, it was it was shocking to be honest um miami's played miami's played really hard i, I would argue basically since week five they um, they have yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and, and going into the game, you knew they were gonna they were gonna play hard, but you, you don't expect a team who has that much that much motivation to win to um, to lose a game like that. So it, it was definitely shocking. Um, and now New England's got to play a wild card weekend. First I know. Time in, uh, the first time in I think almost ten years. It is the I think it's the first time since '08 or '09. It's one of those two. Yeah. So, man, yeah, I. I can't help but feel like terrible for any Pats fan, but then I also remember that they've won every every Super Bowl for the last five years. It feels like so. Let's let's be real. Well, let's think, be. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild to think that they haven't um, you know they haven't haven't had to play a wild card weekend in ten years. Oh, they've been in the play. They've been in the playoffs every single time. I know. It's not it's not like they've made it three times. Exactly. They've all three times. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, another another good storyline, kind of a bit of a heartbreaker. A lot of uh, a lot majority of football fans, Cowboys fans. Good night, Cowboys. See you next year. What do you make of like this Cowboys season? It it was such a weird one, like so up and down. It's like it's like I kind of I kind of split it into like four week segments. It's like the first four weeks, it's like oh wow, like this team is good. Like Dak is good. Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott, and this O-line, this defense, they have everything, plus great wide receivers, and then boom, next four weeks, it's like you lose. Go, I'm, pre, I'm pretty sure they went 0-4 from 5 to 8, is this right? I think, I think they went, because I think they started the season perfect, and then went 4-4, four and four. They're, I think they were 4-4 four and four by week 8, so... It was kind of a eight or nine, something like that. But sitting around five hundred after, and and kind of blowing blowing it. Just this team was playing with everyone the whole year. Yeah, I think I think for Dallas, first off, they weren't they weren't consistent enough. No, uh, in the effort they in the effort they brought on a weekly basis, uh, and they weren't they weren't able to beat the teams. You know, they weren't able to win the games they needed to win. Like, yeah. You, know, you look at um, you, know, you look at week eleven. They went on the road to New England. That's not a game you expect to win. That's fine. No. But then, but then you the following week when Buffalo comes in to your building on short on short rest on Thanksgiving Day and runs you out of your own park. 
that that's a game you can't afford to lose. They also lost, I think, the following Thursday night to Chicago. Yep. There were so so many opportunities um, for Dallas to win one more game to make the playoffs. They also lost to the Jets early in the year. Yeah. Um, they dropped into three and three, but uh, there's just so many opportunities. Inconsistent, inconsistency. Um, they weren't as banged up as, as you'd like to think for a team that was that inconsistent, especially compared to the Eagles. So they yeah. Were bad, like, Oh, yeah, the Eagles, the fact that the Eagles stuck around, like, dude, you had Carson Wentz, like, half of Zach Ertz, <laughs> and then everyone else was second strings. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it that they stuck around, and now they're in the playoffs. Yeah, you take the, the wide receiver right now, that's basically their, their number one wide receiver. He is, um, yeah. Yeah, they, they, like, they're using Ertz as their number one, but you look at, like, uh, Greg Ward, who's basically their number one now. He, he was a practice squad player to start the year. Yeah. Um, they they activated him. Uh, they activated him actually the week of the Seattle game in the regular season uh, because he played a little bit of quarterback at the University of Houston as a running quarterback. What? So they activated him from the practice squad so that he could simulate being Russell Wilson. Yeah. And two wide receivers got hurt in practice, so they kept him in to play wide receiver. He's basically now their number one. I know. Target. It's incredible what they're doing and. Um, they, but again, all you gotta do is manage to win the game, and they knew they needed to win one big game in Week 16, and they did, and then they took care of business. Yeah. In a game that was, in a game that I think a lot of people will, a lot of people will uh, kind of write off, but that was not a super easy game against New York, going on the road to New York. No, hundred percent. Yeah, New York, New York had basically no motivation to lose that game. No. Um, and a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these, really a lot of these bad teams. The, these bottom feeders, they, they like to... This is like their week. This is the week they shine, right? Absolutely, so, yeah. like you see the, these Miamis and uh, even like the Bengals taking the Browns. Obviously, the Browns aren't much of a, a threat to anyone, but still, that's like... That's an upset, I would say. For sure. You know, 20, 25, the average NFL roster turns over just about... Just more than 25% of season. Yeah. On your 52-man roster, that means 13 guys are going to be on a new team next year or out of the league at, at minimum, basically. I, I think, you know, you look at typically rebuilding teams or teams that pick in the top five in the draft, that percentage pushes upwards to 35, sometimes 40%. I believe the Dolphins turned over 50% last year. Yeah. So you're talking over 20 guys that are going to be looking for a new home next year. Um, they're motivated to play hard and to try and keep their NFL career alive. And I think that's what you saw in the Cincinnati game. You saw a lot of guys that know that they were auditioning for an opportunity to continue to play football next year mm-hmm. or for an opportunity at a new contract with a different team. They just showed up and they, they wanted it. Yeah, 100%. Um, moving on now, this is uh, this is our, our last item. We're going we're gonna to round up for Week 17 here is the, the 49ers-Seahawks games. I think that game just made me realize I think the Niners are legit to a certain extent. I, I like I think any team in the NFC playoffs, like the the NFC side of the bracket, I'm the most unsure about. Obviously the AFC, I feel I feel best. Like obviously Patriots, bit of an iffy one right now, but at the end of the day, they are the Patriots. You got the Ravens, and then I would say the Chiefs are irrelevant force as well but then you got in the nfc like that seahawks 49ers game was honestly picturesque of just how this whole nfc that divisional race in addition to just like the race to be like the best team in the nfc for the regular season like man like that was a hard-fought game for some week 17 action and like even though like the seahawks kind of have a better matchup in this first round than if they won it because if they won they would have been playing Minnesota right yeah yeah so like that that for me that game just totally just like descriptive of like (laughs) how much of a bleep show that the NFC has been like you have no I don't know who the best team is for for sure I think uh, to me I, I think the best teams in New Orleans, uh, personally, especially the fact that they, they won't go on the road until the NFC, yeah. uh, the NFC title game now. Yeah, especially um, in the dome. That's Stanford, yeah, and that's San Francisco. That's San Francisco makes it. Uh, they would play. They would host New Orleans. Um, yeah, for me, I think New Orleans is the best team in the NFC. Yeah. That last time we, 
last time we did a show. Um, I do think they've been they've been really consistent, and yeah. that they almost you know they were they were a couple inches away from uh, from missing. Or I guess New Orleans, yeah, New Orleans will be at home uh, just next week. They have to go on the road the following week. Sorry, but they were one inch away from, from having a buy, and they're, they're thirteen and yeah. eighteen. It's got a it's got to play a wild card weekend. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, I do think the 49ers are the next best team in the NFC, and I, I would say the Niners have the best chance of making it. That's just because historically, the one seed, the one seed has to make it at least to the NFC title game. And yep. I can't imagine the Niners being an underdog to anybody in the NFC title game at home. Um, so yeah, yeah, is, is Seattle's road easier? Um, I, I do think it is. I, I've kind of hummed and hawed about it uh, all week on whether I thought it was or not. Um, I do think I do think it's a little bit easier for that for that first game, but uh, going on the road, any game in the playoffs is dangerous, especially in an NFC where everybody's um, you know except for Philadelphia, who's in as a divisional winner. Everybody is really dangerous. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm scared of every team. Even like I'm like I shouldn't be scared of Philadelphia, but I have like a bit of fear towards Philadelphia right now, and I don't know why. You know. For sure. Yeah. You saw Philadelphia get in, get in the last week of the season last year. Yeah. And they went to Chicago and beat Chicago in the first round. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something to be said for the team that's been there before. Uh, the roster hasn't turned over a whole heck of a lot from the team that went to the Super Bowl two no. seasons ago. So you have some belief there for sure. And playing in front of your home crowd in a very impressive final three weeks to get yourself into the playoffs. Um, yeah, they, no, they, they are dangerous. Like I said, I, I do think that game is slightly easier for Seattle than, than the game hosting Minnesota might have been. Um, but who knows? Minnesota's really kind of been up and down. But you're not really sure what you're going to get on a weekly basis. So yeah. it's going to be a very interesting game, though, the, the, the final game of the wild card weekend, for sure. Yeah, 100%. So now with this, this postseason idea in mind, let's go to this uh, Texans versus Bills game. So let me, let me, let me spit, spit a couple facts for you here couple sure. big storylines so Texans favored by two and a half points over under is 43 um Buffalo in a sense kind of has this I think in a lot of their wins especially this year or like their close games with good teams that early I think it was week week six against the Pats I don't know exactly which week it was um early on in the season like super low scoring affair the Bills they in a sense, they kind of dictate their games, and that we've seen a lot of good defenses do that, right? Do you think this is going to be another one of those games where they rely on the opposition playing their game, which is a low-scoring one? Sure, I think yeah, I think it's an interesting game. Um, to me, to me, I lean I lean towards the Bills here. Hmm. Uh, that, that's mostly just because I do think the Texans are the Texans have been a little bit inconsistent all all season. Yeah. Uh, you've never really known the effort that you're going to get from them. Um, it is funny to me, though, that the Texans playing in the first the uh, the first game on a wild card weekend. I feel like every single time I've ever seen the Texans play in the playoffs, they've been put in this first game, uh, which is always on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, this first wild card game, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a really it'll be a really even game as, as yeah. far as like uh, low scoring or high scoring. I, I think that's that's tough to say. I, I think the Bills can kind of play both games, to be honest. Um, uh, I think the Bills are one of the more sneaky, uh, consistent, and kind of all-around teams in the NFL this year. They beat the teams um, they should beat. That's how I kind of classify sure. them. Absolutely. They, they, they have, that's exactly right. They're taking care of business when it's mattered. They've been a top-10 defense all season long. Offensively, um, there has been some inconsistencies, especially when they have played better teams. Yeah. But they seem, they seem to start to kind of uh, smooth that out late in the season. I liked a few of their wins um, when they beat they beat uh, Denver uh, in a game that I thought was a pretty dangerous game for them. Um, you know, at, at the time, a lot of people were writing Denver off, and then they basically won all their games in from that point on to finish seven and nine. Um, but you know, so uh, to me, I, I lean towards the Bills here. Yeah, uh, I think I think they're the slightly better team. I think the line reflects that too, with Houston being Houston now moving to being a two and a half point favorite. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Um, because I think uh, I think the 
has an opportunity to upset Baltimore getting to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I, I see. Buffalo's, Buffalo's roster construction, especially on defense, no team in the AFC is built to contain a quarterback, um, built to contain a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Jackson yeah. the same way that Buffalo is. You go back and you watch the, the game, the, the Ravens and uh, Buffalo played earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, Baltimore won that game, but Lamar, it was like basically the only game during the 12-game win streak where yeah. Lamar didn't look, didn't look amazing. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so many teams this year, like you watch, I remember the Patriots playing them. It's like these guys just look at, like their de- like Patriots defense just look dumbfounded. Dumbfounded watching Lamar just zip zip through their defensive like <laughs> any strategy. It's like they had to throw that all out of the window. Like they they could they did they had no idea what to do, right? And like, yeah, you're right. This Bills team is arguably the the team that has been the most the most like able to contain Lamar and that's what really has been the X factor for that Ravens team this year, right? So yeah, and the problem too when, when Lamar's moving around, uh, you know, Baltimore's the best running team in the NFL this year. That, that's not all Lamar. A lot of that has to do with what Mark Ingram's been doing, and then Gus Edwards when he's been running in the backup position. But that all starts with with the danger that Lamar provides. Yeah. Um, when, when Lamar's able to run, then the running backs are able to run, and you're, you're back on your heels. Um, so the key the key is that containment, and I think Buffalo has the best best chance to do that but they'd still be a, an underdog certainly in yeah. that game but I'd like to see the game and I also think I think the Bills can win this game so that's why I'm taking the Bills Texans home record this year five and three Bills away record six and two so on the road they haven't struggled home they be they were four and four this year but yeah that that I think do you do you think like the playoff I I I I think there is something to be there has to be something said about like the playoff home field advantage. But what do you what do you make of it? Like these are like the Bills are a team that mathematically would look would stack up nice against this Texans team because they're better on the road. It's kinda like the Seahawks too, right? Like they were so good on the road this year. So what do you make yeah. of that? Do you think do you think there is a big time home field advantage in playoffs more significantly than the regular season? I Because th- I, I'm inclined to say that there is. I think I think there is. I yeah. mean, you know, you look, I would tend to, to throw away the, you know, we'll talk about Seattle and Philly in a bit, but I, I would, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in the idea that Seattle's been so dominant on the road, 7-1 and one on the road, yeah. or in this example, the Bills took some two on the road. I think all of this restarts, um, and, you know, home field is key. So I, I do think that's an advantage for Houston. The, like, the building's going to be loud. And I, I would, in this case, I would put the home field at the same, the same kind of advantage I would for Houston in the regular season yeah. on, like, just a purely rating the team's point of view. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it, it can't come to fruition and help the team even more. So uh, to me, I, I wouldn't look, look too deeply at that 6-2 and two on the road. Um, I think that would require, like, an even more in-depth and deep analysis. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, cert- but certainly the Bills have won, have won big games all season, whether it be home or away. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting. And uh, I think the Bills have got a really good shot to pull the upset here. Yeah. So final prediction. You're going to go Bills? How, by how many how many points are you going to go by here? Sure. I'll take the Bills. I'll take the Bills. 27. Uh, Buffalo or Houston. Yeah. Bills 27. Okay, so you're thinking it's going to be a bit higher, higher scoring. Okay, I yeah, that's forty-one total. Yeah. Okay. How about you? I just, for me, in my head, that's like a high-scoring game for the Bills. <laughs> um, I'm thinking a little bit lower, but I am taking the Bills uh, with you as well here. I just think every all the stars are aligning for just like this upset to happen. I don't trust the Texans. The Bills this season have put away every team that they've needed to. Mm-hmm. When push comes to shove, these teams aren't that far apart. I if 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 the Bills had a harder matchup, like or if the Bills are playing the Chiefs or the Ravens, I'm taking the Chiefs or the Ravens. Right. Purely based on the Texans being the worst division winner 
in the AFC unless you're still on the train that the Patriots suck. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, taking, I'm taking Bills. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I think it could be decided by a field goal kind of thing. So let's say, man, I'm going to go, I'm thinking it's going to be real low. But let's just say 23-20. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I I, I am on this Bills train with you. But moving on now, I I don't know if we're on the same train for this one. The other AFC game in these wildcard matchups, Titans versus Pats. So, odds for this. Pats favored by five points. The over under is forty four. This, I think, this is the hardest one to figure out. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. I um, it's been interesting. I you know because these are the things that I like to do. I like to I take out a piece of paper. I like to try and guess guess what I think the lines are going to be. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. So yeah. On Sunday night, I, Sunday night, I was scratching paper and I was kind of trying to get this one and I said, you know, well, the odds makers are going to be nervous that, you know, if they set this line above seven, that Tennessee people money is going to come in heavy on Tennessee. Yeah. So I said, I thought, I thought it'd be six and a half. And then it opened five and a half and quickly came right down to five and I was like, man, I've underestimated how how much people are out on the path and yeah. want to be in, want to be in on Tennessee. But I'm not sure if it's more of a bet on Tennessee than it is a uh, a fade on New England because everybody's fallen in love with with Tennessee of late. Yeah. Um, to me, I I do really like the Pats in this game. I like them both not only to win, but I do like them against the spread as well. Um, the one stat that I like to look at a couple stats, especially when you're looking at a playoff game like this, I look at uh, um, like uh, value over average for teams. Quietly, New England had a really good season yeah. in, in that metric. In that metric, defensively, they have been the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, even though the defense has fallen off just slightly, but you think about the you think about the opponents they have played both Kansas City and um, Kansas City and Baltimore on their schedule, yeah. uh, which are are both top end offensive teams, uh, number one and number three when it comes to offense. So you do you do have to give them that. They also played Dallas in Dallas was the second ranked offense this year. Now the game they played Dallas was uh, was in like a torrential uh, like downpour and then also a windstorm. Uh-huh. I think Dallas was only scored 14 or 9 nine points in that game. So you can kind of throw that one out. But I look at New England, yeah, they have been inconsistent, and they, they aren't the New England of old. I, I don't think this is a situation where the Pats are, um, you know, you know, the Pats are you know the team that people are writing off, and then we're going get to get to January, and they're going to make a run. I, I really don't think no. that team. I, I do think they'll be out in the next round. I, 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 I wholeheartedly they, agree with that. I was just going to say that they're – this isn't the Pats team that we're penciling in for a Super Bowl final, right? So, uh, yeah, you never want to write the Pats off, but yeah. I think that seems un- that seems unlikely, especially now that they yeah. have to go on they'll have to go on the road twice if they to reach the Super Bowl if they win this game. Yeah, hundred percent. And so, one thing I do want to say is that, like, we all know, playing in New England in during the playoffs historically has been very tough. And I, we, were, we, we talked a little bit about this just over Messenger, and I liked the point you made. It's like, dude, Ryan Tannehill, this is the first time, first playoff game for him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, man, going, going to New England for your first playoff game, I would be bleeping bricks. Like, I would be so scared. Now, obviously, that's completely a mental toughness thing, and, like, Props to the Titans, man. Like, what what a great way to end the season. Like, you win you win week seventeen. You claw your way back from such an abysmal start with this Mariota rain, right? Mm-hmm. You go have these big wins. You take the Chiefs. You take the you take Jameis's Buccaneers. Joking, but uh, even even just like wins like like. The Raiders, who were kind of surging at that time too, uh, they had a close game against the Texans. They lost against the Saints, and then they come back and win in Week 17. 
but I think this is this is kind of shaping up to be like America's favorite team right now. And I think I think I think that it's just I think we're all forgetting who they're playing and like I think we've forgotten who the Pats are to a certain extent. I think I think people forget the playoff success. It's like, dude, they're still a twelve and four team. Like couple bad losses, that's just the way she goes and like everything is heightened so much because people love to scrutinize this team. And I I just don't trust this young quarterback with this like mammoth, this Goliath in front of him. So I I'm I'm taking Pats for sure. Same for me. I'll give my uh, for my I'll give you my score prediction too. Yeah. I'm gonna say twenty four fourteen Patriots. So do you do do you think there is any world that this team that the Titans are gonna take these this Pats team? And what do you think that means? What do you think that means for the Patriots? Because I agree. I think I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast the other day, and he actually phrased this perfectly. Last Sunday, I I would have hundred percent said you would have heard me come from my mouth. I would have said that the Titans are going to take the Pats in that first round. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I was very vocal to my brother about that. I'm like, I'm totally putting money on this man. Like. There's no way, like they're gonna be the underdogs. There's no way there. There's no way the Pats are winning this. But man, like, let's be real here. Like, over this week, the dust is settling, and I'm forgetting. It's like, dude, these are the New England Patriots. This isn't the Houston Texans or the Buffalo Bills, right? I'm not. I'm scared. Like, I don't. I. I wouldn't know. I. I wouldn't know what to do if I. If I'm the Titans going to New England, and like, sure, you've battled, like, you've battled, had this crazy season where you've kind of battled back, and like, you're arguably one of the hottest teams in the league right now. But I just, yeah, I, I just I, don't feel confident against the Patriots. Neither do I. The thing, if you wanted to say the one, the one real danger that exists out there is, uh, if you look back at the Baltimore game. Um, the game was made pretty easy for Lamar Jackson because the Pats couldn't stop the run yeah. at all. That, that was uh, literally the story of the game. They had no idea how to, how to handle that run. And when Ingram's ripping off 15, 20-yard runs, you know, any type of, any quarterback's able to get a little bit of time and is able to make some plays. Uh, so that's the danger there. If you can't, if you cannot slow down the run, uh, you're going to be in, you're going to be in trouble. And obviously Derrick Henry's had a fantastic season. Uh, he's, a real, he's a really great running back. So if he's able to run wild and that's able to give, then when Tannehill does have to throw the ball, he's going to have a lot more time. Yeah. It's going to be a lot easier. Tennessee needs to play very well on first down, and that, that also works into the run game. Uh, that, that'll be a key for me in watching this game, yeah. especially in the first first quarter. If I'm if I'm Tennessee and I'm making the game plan, my goal is to avoid as many second and ten as I can. I yeah. want to be picking up. You know, uh, they're the fourth best team in yards per play. I think they pick up about six six yards a play, uh, roughly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, six point one for the season. I gotta be picking up. I gotta be picking up consistent yards on first down and getting ten until like second and five. And then if we're in third down, they gotta be third and short. Because if I'm expecting him to pick up third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, uh-huh. and the like, that's when the danger comes into play, and that's when he can make. That's when he can make a lot of mistakes, as can any quarterback. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta win on first down when you have the ball. Yeah. Uh, and, and then yeah, then you just you kind of gotta hope Brady doesn't Brady doesn't heat up. Man, did he miss a lot of throws yet last week? He did like, not look good. Uh, no, and his receivers are dropping balls too. No. And, you know, on the the second round pick they traded for Mohamed Sanu, oh. like looks like an absolute disaster. Yeah. He can't catch a football, but Brady's got to be more accurate. He knows that too. Yeah. Brady, you know, Brady's a pretty introspective guy. He knows he's got to be better. Yeah. Belichick will have some stuff. I'd be watching for a lot of trick plays in this game, yeah. especially if New England starts slow. Yeah. If New England starts slow and they see it, the bearing the bearing a fight to win this game. Look to see a trick play. I would be surprised if Julian Edelman or Mohamed Sanu doesn't at least throw a pass in this game. Yeah, I they're, think they're gonna try. They're gonna try stuff. Yeah, obviously, I think it's an age thing, but like, I think a big storyline for Tom Brady this season has been like his slow starts. Every Patriots game I've watched, I've found that it's like he's not coming out firing. It's like 
you know Pat Mahomes is going to come out of the gates swinging. He's like, there's no, no, no doubt in your mind that he's slinging 30 yarders to Tyreek Hill and it's connecting, right? So it's like, I think it's been a bit different, a bit of a different story for the Pats this year. But going back to that, you mentioned briefly how like that 37-20 game uh, between the Ravens and the Pats uh, early on in this season when Lamar just absolutely diced that defense. I think that was the week when teams realized like, oh, like these guys are beatable because that, that like this defense can be beaten. And like we saw that couple weeks later with the Texans game then the Chiefs game so that was two consecutive losses in addition to uh, an Eagles game and a Cowboys game that were both decided by seven points or less actually every every game besides their Bengals game after the Ravens game was decided by seven points or less so I think this team I think a lot of it is in people's heads, like a lot of this Patriots thing, right? Like, right. You go, you go to New England or you play New England, like they come to your house and it turns into it turns into a Patriots house right away. These sure. guys be just because of the pedigree that these guys carry with them, right? Like, they're gonna be, they're gonna be like the most cocky, confident bunch no matter where they go. And for me, that, with this young Titans team here, like, I I, I don't think they can handle that. I don't think they're mentally tough enough yet. But I think moving forward, this Titans team will be fun. I don't know how what, what's going to happen with this Tannehill thing, whether it's just a, a half-season kind of, <laughs> a half-season phase, or whether it's like, whether Tannehill has an exciting, promising career in Tennessee or somewhere else in front of him, but I'm not, I'm not entirely on this Titans train. I'm sorry. I know Sam Park, huge Titans fan. Do you follow him on Twitter? I do. It's amazing. He's so passionate. It's just like <laughs> uh, his last tweet. I think the last tweet I saw was like the. The Tennessee Titans are the hottest team in the NFL right now. There's no argument against this. I'm just like, heck yeah, Sam. Like, <laughs> you love you love this team, but I think Sam's gonna go home a little bit upset after this. You think so too? So, I do. Moving on, we're gonna hit this Vikings Saints game, and I agree with you. I like. I, w- I have not been vocal about it, but yes, the Saints, in my opinion, are the best the best team in the NFC. And I think they're kind of like, I think they're going to be a bit of a sneaky, like, this is the team, like, we didn't talk about really at all this whole season. We thought that, like, oh, like, they're really good, but they're not, like, a Super Bowl winner. I think, I think this, for real right now, could be a very sneaky Super Bowl winner right here. Um, what do you think? Do you, like I, I just feel like we haven't paid attention to them all year, and I feel like a sports storybook would write that it's like, oh, like the team, the team you didn't pay attention to all year, turns out they're actually crazy good, and I think we're starting to realize that now. I don't know. I I like them against the Vikings. They're favored by eight points. And the over under is forty nine, but what do you think? Yeah, like I, I definitely like the Saints in this game. Um, it's not taking Minnesota's been a good team, been a good team this year. Hundred percent. The Saints are thirteen and three. Yeah, uh, crazy to think they're playing on playing on wild card weekend as a thirteen and three team. Um, and they're playing at home, which is which is such an advantage. They've been really good the last few weeks. Uh, you know, have, have they been a little bit one dimensional this year on the offensive side of the ball? I, I would say so. It's yeah. really been been get the ball to Michael Thomas and, and let him have, a, have an unbelievable season. Um, and if it wasn't wasn't for the year Lamar Jackson's had, uh, Michael Thomas would be getting would be in the conversation for the MVP. Hundred um, percent. And he'll be a first team all all pro player. Oh yeah. Easily uh, one of the maybe the, the best wide receiver. He. I I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say he's been the best yeah, wide receiver in the NFL this season, and I think. 
in a while. Like, I don't think we've seen as dominant a season. In so a while. I, I could be forgetting somebody, but the best season I can think of before that was when Calvin Johnson had 2,000 yards. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, anytime you're in the same, the same breath as Calvin Johnson, you're talking about wide receiver position, you're doing something right. 100%. Um, so I think this New Orleans team is really good. I, last time I was on the show with you, I picked them to, I picked them to reach the Super Bowl. You did. Play the race. You also said the Browns were going to go to the playoffs. I did. I said the Raiders are going to go to the playoffs, so I guess we're both stupid, hey? You and John Gruden both believed it. But, exactly. Um, but no, I, I do. I, I think I think New Orleans, New Orleans has, has a really good shot. I think you know, a New Orleans and San Francisco rematch in the NFC Championship game would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, I, I do like New Orleans in this game. An eight-point eight favorite seems right about right about where they should be. Uh, yeah. I think I think it opened seven and a half. Uh, so now now I'm just bumping up to eight. Um, yeah, I, I like New Orleans in this game. Uh, I'll take I'll take Saint Saints twenty seven. Uh, Minnesota twenty. I think Minnesota Minnesota. I think they'll stick around a little. I think they will. Well, we'll find out. I, yeah. I think it all depends on what Kirk Cousins comes to play. He does have some weapons. Oh yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook's been battling some injury. Sounds like he would have played last week if the game meant anything. Yeah. So that's positive. That's positive. So, um, yeah, I think I think Minnesota can hang around. They got yeah. some weapons. They got a decent. They got a decent defense. And New Orleans, is, New Orleans is showing to, to to be on on a couple of occasions this year uh, where they've they've at least started games quite slowly. Yeah. So Vikings. Minnesota, Minnesota can hang around. Yeah. They can beat anybody in the playoffs, but I still need New Orleans. Yeah, Vikings have also like they've kept like they they've stuck around against good teams this season. Like I know some people are a bit hesitant on the Packers this season, but I no team can go thirteen and three and not be good. So Packers they were within five. Um they were within three of the Chiefs. They were within seven of the Seahawks. And then they had a bit of a tough one against the Packers, 13-point loss a couple weeks before that. Uh, a couple, sorry, yeah, just week 16 here. So, I don't know, man. I think I think you got to take the Saints here. But I think, I think Vikings will stick around. I think it's going to be, yeah, like decided by a touchdown, you know? Like... I kind of like that. Like you, what was your your guess? Twenty seven twenty? Did you say? Yeah, I said yeah, 20. yeah. No, I, I like that. I like that pick, and I also do think that this is kind of the kind of game where it's like, holy, like the Saints just ran away by twenty four points. Yeah, I think. I think, I think it's either going to be a blowout. Yeah, like those are kind of like the same, same Yeah, hundred percent. Like I think. I also like this could be like the 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 week that New Orleans just flexes on all of us, like, oh boy, like this is a good team, and then like they go into the next week and have a good game. But I think I think this is like the Vikings haven't been able to really get over the hump and make those big upsets during the regular season. Uh, They've beaten the team like like I said, they've beaten the teams they should have. But this is not a team they should be beating, especially Saints at home is a whole different game, right? So, absolutely, yeah. So, I think I think I think we have a pretty good idea of that game. So we're gonna move on to our last game here. Kyle, I finally committed to an NFL team. Uh, I'd say I'd say I did it. I I did it a couple weeks ago. I'm a Seahawks fan. Uh, I I decided that I w- since I'm a Mariners fan, I'm usually pretty geographic with the teams that I choose. It just yeah. made sense. I'm gonna be a Seahawks fan. However, I honestly don't feel that good going into this week. Maybe part of it is the last two weeks the Seahawks have faced that atrocious loss against Arizona, on top of this loss in this tough game to San Fran. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's a really interesting game. And to me, it's, it's the biggest toss-up game, game of all 
all the games, really. I would agree. One, you're, you're not, you know, and it's interesting because it's the game in which the most people are picking Seattle. Um, like, in comparison of the, of the two sides, I think 75% of people have, have picked Seattle in this yeah. game, whereas I think uh, the other, the Bills and um, New England games are basically 50-50, and then I think about 60% for New Orleans. This, this is talking against the spread, so yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people on Seattle, um, which makes a lot of sense, right? They, they are going... You know, they're coming in hot. Everybody just watched the play on Sunday night and, you know, come within come within half uh, half a foot of of being of being the divisional winner and yeah. going chances so let's go into this game. Hundred uh, percent. I think I think you got a the way the Eagles are coming in, the Eagles are playing well coming into this game. Yes. Uh, I think the Eagles got a got a real shot shot to some people. I, I wouldn't be shocked one bit if Philadelphia won this game. I think a lot of people would. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I think I I, I root for the Seahawks when they're on, no yeah. doubt. Um, but I, I lean towards the Eagles in this game. I, re, I really do. I think I think I think the Eagles are going to win this football game. Okay, so I'm the Eagles are sorry. The the Seahawks are only favored by two points, which yeah. like obviously that is because the C, the Seahawks point differential has been of. Like, no, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just <laughs> every game has been disgustingly close and sure. doesn't matter who you're playing. It's going to be a three-point game kind of season, right? It's like the Panthers have been blown out every game since, like, the riverboat run firing and everything that's going on in that organization. And that was a six-point game, right? For sure. So... The last, the last that the last four weeks have been tough. So after that big Vikings win, I, I would say that was a bit, a bit of a marquee win for the season. That yeah. was like, okay, we're legit, right? I think sure. like and, I, yeah, and the and the road the road win in week ten against San Francisco was was big as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think those two wins were like okay, so like we're actually like we might be even divisional favorites here, kind of thing, right? And then. Yeah. You lose to Arizona, you lose to the Rams. That was, I would say, that was the biggest nail in the coffin. And then you have these close, this close game against the Panthers, where everyone's like, "Geez, why is every game so close?" And then boom, you lose to the 49ers. So, man, I'm. I, I this is the game obviously I've thought about the most not only because I'm uh, a new a newly <laughs> a newly introduced yeah, Seahawks fan but I think just I think I think I like your points on like everyone's taking the Seahawks right now but I think I I don't think we ha- I don't think we can forget about like who this team is and like how how good they actually have been like this season like I'm not ready to rule them out and I know you aren't too um and that's why I'm I'm gonna take the Seahawks in this game I I don't feel confident I get the whole thing like Eagles have been really good the last couple weeks here but I just think the Eagles have too many second string (laughs) second strings playing right now and a healthy Eagles team is an easy divisional winner yeah they're not in this position but they're not in that yeah exactly they're not in that position they haven't been this whole year they had guys go down in week 17 I don't know I yeah, they, yeah the Eagles losing losing one of their best guards exactly one of their best guards in Brandon Brooks and then I think Miles Sanders is questionable it sounds yeah Tell my Sanders is probably going to give it a go. If he got up. Yeah, I mean, probable, probable today. So any guy, play, any guy listed as any first string listed as questionable, come playoffs is that's a go. Let's be real. Yeah, they're, they're playing. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm still going to take the Seahawks. It's going to be a close game, obviously, just because that's the way the Seahawks like to do it. Uh, I don't. Mm, I I don't know if I can give you a score. Because everything's been a bit up and down with this team, but let me let me let me spit something here. I'm gonna go 30, 30 to twenty seven Seahawks. Okay. 
It's going to be a close wow. game and very high scoring. It's going to be the most exciting game of this of these wild card matchups. For sure, I think big thing will come down to the the Philadelphia secondary has been inconsistent throughout the season. Yes. If, if up front they've been okay, so yeah. they got to get pass rush to help out that secondary. And that secondary is going to need one big play if they're going to beat Seattle. That's going to be key. Hundred um, percent. You know, uh, I've been watching out. I believe it's questionable to play, but he played last week. I've been watching out for Sidney Jones. Okay. Uh, he played played his college football at the University of Washington, so I saw him play play a little bit when he's playing for Washington. Uh, part of some really good teams there. He had an interception last week. Uh, former second round pick. Uh, yeah, questionable with a back injury, but I, I would guess he's going to play uh, based on like what you said. Basically, if you're questionable, you're going to do everything you can to be on the field. Uh, I think it's going to be a little little bit lower scoring than, than you thought. They uh, had a 17-9 game earlier in the season. They, they did, and, yeah. and that was one where you saw some Seattle kind of struggle against that pass rush. Yeah. But eventually they broke open that secondary. Yeah. Um, and that, that's also what happened in the, the game that Philadelphia played. I think the following week when New England came to town, they basically mm-hmm. were able to stifle New England until New England hit them, hit them over the top. Exactly. Um, so I'm gonna, I am gonna take, as I said, I am gonna take the Eagles sadly to win this game. I know. I'm gonna take the Eagles, Eagles to win 20 to 14. So a lot lower score than yeah. you're thinking. Uh, but I'll take the Eagles 20, Seattle 14. Okay. Okay. So our final picks here. So I've taken, I'm taking Bills, Patriots, Saints, which is, I think, the easiest pick here, and yeah. Seahawks. And I believe, yeah, so you have the exact same picks, except we're swapping Eagles for your Seahawks. Yes. Yeah. I, I... What's your take on like move, moving all, along here off uh, off topic a little? But like, what's your take on like betting uh, or or like choosing the team that you're not rooting for? Because I hate it. I, I'm a bit emotional with my picks sometimes. Like, sure. Let's be real. That Seahawks pick is though though they are they have the better record. Are like they had the better season, maybe finished not well they didn't finish as well as i would have liked but let's be real here do you like how how do you take how do you take choosing your the other team is there a bit of satisfaction once 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 your pick is correct or is it like f um i think sometimes it's probably a feeling of like i, I think i saw the game correctly yeah saw, you, know, the, you know again i I can understand why people would be picking Seattle, right? There's a reason that people are people are picking Seattle aggressively. I see there as being being some holes in like the, the thinking of how why people are picking Seattle, which is fine. So like, for the for the case of this, I pick uh, Philadelphia from an unbiased point of view. I'll still be rooting for Seattle because I want them to win. And I want to go. <clears throat> I want to go watch them play play San Francisco in the second round for a third time this year. Um, so I'll still be rooting for them, but I just pick the team that, that I feel when I do the when I kind of analyze the game, the team that makes the most sense to me. Um, that's just kind of how I pick the game. So I don't know. It's kind of like a, a completely separated uh, thing, I guess. I feel I feel like it's like kind of like completely separate. Yeah. Um, for me, which I guess is like kind of kind of funky, but it's just the way that I've always kind of always kind of done it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, Kyle. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was awesome. Uh, we will definitely be. I mean, I'm cool getting on the mic once this round's over. There once this go. round's over, we might have. Uh, I might be calling you up next week. I'll definitely be doing some sort of NFL, NFL talk for the uh, divisional matchups here. But Kyle, thank you so much for joining. Any final thoughts? Trying to change no, any of your picks here, or you're, you're feeling good? Yeah, I would say just enjoy, enjoy the games. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. The wild, wild card weekend is one of the funnest weekends of the year. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, All right. we're going to go right to the Spartans wrap-up. Thanks for joining, Kyle. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Again, just want to thank Kyle for coming on. That was awesome having it on. I always love having Mr. Kyle Baker, the Swiss Army Knife, able to talk about any sport on. He is 
very knowledgeable and I'm very lucky to have Kyle as someone who's always willing to hop on a podcast. So we're going to get right into the Spartans wrap up. Men's volleyball pulled off a massive sweep of the Can-Am tournament. They faced off against some of the biggest competition as they won the tournament for the third time in a row, placing themselves in elite company, not only in Canadian volleyball, but North American as well. Very well done, and nice to see that TWU is gaining some recognition on the continental stage. So they'll be picking up their season this upcoming weekend on an East Coast trip against number four McMaster. The tournament was held in Toronto, so the boys will be staying in Toronto. Men's and women's basketball are starting back up tomorrow as both teams will be facing Saskatchewan at home. Women's basketball team, the women's Saskatchewan basketball team, is currently ranked number one in the country. They are currently averaging over a 40 point point differential uh, against their opposition as they are currently undefeated. So this could be a massive upset for the women's team, hopefully. Uh, but no matter what happens, uh, women's women's team know that we are rallying behind you guys and rooting for you no matter what the outcome is so the men's sask team is currently ranked number eight spartans guard jaquelin gilbreth or commonly known as q uh currently leads can west in scoring he's averaging 24 a game so very well done and uh hopefully can pull off a, a big upset as the uh, Spartans men's team had a huge weekend as well as the women's team uh, when they were playing in the David Anderson gym. Women's volleyball on the road against 2-10 and ten Regina, the number one ranked Spartans look to continue their dominance. Avery Heppel currently leads Ken West in blocks averaging 1.22 blocks per set. The men's rugby team will be playing in their most important match in the program's short duration. They square off against St. Mary's, who are currently ranked number four in the U.S.'s D1A, Division 1A. This is a great opportunity to gain some exposure for our young rugby program. Let's go Spartans! Lastly, the undefeated men's hockey team will be in Selkirk for the upcoming weekend. Selkirk is currently sitting at 4 5-0-3, so could be another big win, hoping for another weekend sweep and to continue that undefeated stretch in the Spartans men's hockey last season in the BCIHL before they move up to U Sports. So that concludes episode 11. It is so good to be back. I'm so happy to be back. We got some great interviews lined up in the future uh, some nba talk coming up pretty soon uh, once all this nfl buzz is over that's probably what we're going to be primarily focusing on as the playoffs big deal super bowl will be coming up in early february so yeah we will have a lot of nfl content for you in the upcoming little while here Regarding articles, I will have a, I think the first time that sports and humor for Marcel will be collaborating. So it's it's going to be a good one. I, I, I think it's short, but it, it's sweet. And uh, yeah, a sports humor collaboration is long overdue because there's a lot of humor that goes on in sports and fitness and anything to do with sports so yeah anyways much appreciated all our support from you guys we've actually been getting a lot more listens and plays than i've expected uh over the last little while here it's definitely something that i've been thinking about a lot how thankful i am for uh, just the the little baby steps that this podcast has taken from uh, only like 20 something plays for, uh, in the first episode to now we're like averaging a pretty a pretty good amount so um, I've been super thankful about it uh, and I know the Mars Hill team as a whole is just thankful for everyone's support so I'm not going to keep 
I'm not going to stop asking for support though. So don't, don't be afraid. Please subscribe. Please download. Do whatever you want. We would love it. Any feedback, negative or positive. I'm a, a very big uh, fan of constructive criticism. Uh, I just want to put out the best product possible. And I know that I'm still learning about this whole podcasting thing. But I'm very passionate about it and I'm enjoying it a lot. So I guess that concludes episode 11. And thank you so much for joining us today. Now to Manny Dewsbury and his amazing beats he's provided for us. Thank you and bye-bye. See you next week.